Hello there! This show contains material which a truly free society would neither fear nor suppress. The language and concepts contained herein will not cause eternal torment in the place where the guy with the horns and pointed stick conducts his business. Hello, everyone. Hello there. This is Rich Wilgus, Bloodthirsty Vegetarian number three. And I am still John. Still John, Bloodthirsty Vegetarian number... You can be any number. Pick a number. Four. He's number four. Okay. We'll have to have number one and two on one of these days. I try to stay away from number two these days. Well, what's been going on lately that's been involving the bathroom in you other than number two? (laughs) Well, what would you call um, vomiting? Would that be .5? I guess it would be, yeah. Yeah, so uh, vomit, diarrhea, all that stuff. All right, cool. I'm all into that kind of stuff. Yeah. So we got a special guest today. Do you want to bring him in? Yeah, he's in. Oh, he's in? Well, let's uh, let's check him out now. We have Leo Lincourt again, uh, proprietor of the Neural Gourmets. Are you out there, Leo? I'm out here. Yeah? He's so out there. Dude, yeah. you're, you're just crazy. Yes. Well, I want to bring people up to speed. Um I've got an update on on my New Year's predictions. I've got two updates. The first one being uh, Hillary Clinton not running. Yeah, I was wrong. She's running. Okay. The second one, Paris Hilton being in the news. Is she running? No, she's not running, but she's definitely in the news. And another one of those uh, videotapes getting out into the public. Oh, so let's uh, let's tell our viewers who might not be uh, familiar with Leo who Leo is. Leo is proprietor of the NeuralGourmet.com website. It's a it's a pretty much a a jumping off point for a lot of people like Leo, Satan worshippers and pagans and stuff like that. Haven for radicals and, and secular whack jobs. The secular <laughs> whack jobs. Actually, if yeah. I'm not mistaken, a- actually, um, we are part of the neocon mafia. Well, and if I'm not mistaken, you're a Mormon as well and have several wives, right? Right, right. And cannibal. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and uh, cannibal. Right, right. You use every part of the wife. <laughs> you, you can buy my noted cookbook, To Serve Man. <laughs> to Serve Man, yeah, that's true. It's, it's, it's not a greeting. It's a cookbook. That's a Twilight Zone reference for the younger fans who don't remember Rodman <laughs> Serling. So, John, what do you got for the intro? We'll get into our political discussion with Leo after the first song. What do you, uh, you what do you got for the intro? Anything? No, I was just I was just going to give you the update on my predictions. And oh, so okay. far, two of the five, we have the updates. Like I said, um, Hillary Clinton is running. I was dead set on her not running. I mean, not that I don't want her to run. It was I was dead set on the fact that she was not going to run. I, I really thought that she wasn't going to run. But we're going to talk more about that later. Right. Well, I, I have a dumb joke for the intro. <laughs> Okay. I, I wonder if in Italy, like in their legal system, if they have tortellini reform. Ugh. Oh, <laughs> awful. That's one of the worst jokes ever told right there. Uh, on the planet, yeah. Yeah, absolutely on the planet. So um, I guess we'll just jump right into tune and, and we'll get uh, talking to Leo 
uh, a little later uh, after the tune about the whole uh, Clinton-Obama thing. But we've got a tune. If any of you read our blog, I, I mentioned uh, that a friend of mine, William, a classical guitarist, had died. So we're going to play another William tune here to kind of remember William. And uh, let's check it out. it is and there she be william gangle friend of mine passed on died about 10 days ago of unfortunate uh, circumstances had some health issues but great player would have been uh, cooler if uh, he didn't die <laughs> that's uh, true with many people actually i'd say it's pretty much true with most people no not well yeah fairly high percentage <laughs> you still with us out there in webland leo i'm still out here in, on skype you're skeeping us i'm skeeping you Cool. So, you know, John and I touched on this briefly, and I kind of wanted to get you into the fray because you're kind of political. Um, the whole Hillary and uh, Barack Obama throwing their hats, their respective hats into the ring. What What are your feelings on that? I mean, it's still early. Obviously, more Democrats are going to throw their hats in the ring. But how do you feel about these two people? Well, I mean, Hillary Clinton is 
clearly got a lot of people behind her. Um, she's a party favorite. Um, and Obama seems to be being groomed to uh, take a similar role. Uh, but, you know, I feel that Hillary and Brock are what I would call full liberals. Uh, that they're not exactly um, what you or I might think of as liberal. Now, don't get me wrong. Anybody that's at least sane would be better than the current crop in power, but um, I, I would prefer somebody who, um, you know, actually walked the talk, basically. Right. Well, my biggest problem with Hillary and Barack Obama are not their politics at all, although I you know, I, I kind of agree with Cindy Sheehan. She's really coming out against Clinton because Clinton voted for the war initially. I'm sure that was all political. You know, she could say she was tough on war in case the war ended up being a non-liability. She could say, right. well, I was in favor of it. But now it's turning out to be a liability for the administration and for a lot of dead people, our kids and Iraqi people. And, you know, uh, Sheehan was like against Clinton for that reason. But, right, and, and this is part of the problem. I mean, this is one of the reasons I think that John Kerry lost last time is because he did he didn't take an unequivocal um, stance against the war. Um, I actually think that he it wasn't that he didn't take a, a, a solid stance for or against. I think that it was because people couldn't tell where he really stood. He never really had a strong answer for for why he did what he did in certain right. cases. And Hillary, I think, is coming out right now and, and saying that she absolutely would not have voted for the war if she knew then what she knows now. Well, that's the most stupid statement anybody could well, make. I, I know I that. I absolutely would not have poked myself with that if I knew it was ultimately going to lead to me getting infected and having to have the arm amputated. I mean, Right, but it sounds a million times better than, you know, I voted for it before I voted against it, you know, or something like that. <laughs> well, now how about this perspective? And I br touched on this briefly with John. Okay, fine. You know, I guess uh, as far as liberal Democrats go and, and policy – and the way they stand on a lot of issues, a lot of Democrats would like either of these candidates, right? A lot of liberal, quote, liberal Democrats would probably be in support of Hillary or Obama. But, I mean, I, I work with a lot of people, and I hear the uh, the water cooler talk, and I personally don't think either of them are electable. John disagrees. I know we touched on it briefly, but I don't. A, I don't think a woman is going to be elected to president of the United States quite yet. And I especially don't think racist America is going to vote for an African-American man who has a Muslim name. I mean, you know, they're absolutely terrified of, of that, you know? Well, I certainly think that Obama's got two strikes against him, his name and his color. Absolutely. But I I don't think and that... And that, that has nothing to do with... This does not reflect the way we feel. We're just feeling that that's the way other people Right, in this country. Feel. Absolutely. Yeah, in this country, yeah, we don't think that there are enough people who would look past that. But I also think that um, we've come a lot farther than you think with uh, the the male female the gender issue. I I certainly think that a woman is electable as long as that woman can show that she is um, not exposing any of the typical female traits. If she can act more manly, you well, know what I mean. Well, that's always been the case though. If you get a woman to have a hysterectomy and get her to stand <laughs> in line like Jean Kirkpatrick, the old leather faced uh, you know woman who used to be our UN ambassador, you know she was the real. She kind of looked like she should have been in the royal family or something. She had the really stiff face and you know wasn't particularly feminine and talked tough. But that's just a man in women's clothing, really. So How what do, you're what saying. 
So what you're saying, Rich, is you want Margaret Thatcher for president? No, but she was another example of that sort of very mannish woman. And obviously the Brits are a little bit more evolved than we are because they already have elected a woman to the highest electable seat in their country. But how do you feel about the electability of of Clinton and Obama? Uh, I agree with John. I think Hillary Clinton probably – I think she could be electable. I I think a woman could be elected nowadays. Um, uh, could a person of color? I hate to say it, but probably not. Okay, so um, we, we I, you're kind of splitting, you're, you're having yourself here, and you're kind of siding with John and siding with me. He's siding right. with the, the correct voice on the show. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wait a minute. Kirsten's not here. <laughs> Good. Because <laughs> well, I don't want to get shot. <laughs> I mean, Hillary has a, a bunch of liabilities. I mean, you know, she... My, from my perspective, that she's a woman, and I don't think uh, men are certainly going to vote for a woman. They tend to be threatened by women, but she's also a Clinton, and she has that stigma. She has the the billary stigma, if you will. Right, and I and I think that one of the problems that she's going to have is trying to explain how she's going to keep Bill Clinton out of telling her what to do once right. the, once she's in office. I mean, that's you know probably I mean? going to be a classic argument from the idiots on talk radio. Well, J- Bill's still going to be running the country. Or, of course, they were saying that Hillary was running the country when he was president. So Absolutely. they're going to turn around 180 degrees on that. Well, you see, I have a bit of a different perspective. I, I think that uh, both Brock and um, Hillary's problem lies in the fact that they're trying to triangulate the vote again, that they're trying to play to the right wing. They're trying to get back those Reagan Democrats. They're, tr- they're triangulating? The, right. They're wouldn't, triangulating. Wouldn't, wouldn't GPS be easier? <laughs> it, it would be, but... Um, Cheaper. Well, you know, Senator Stevens hasn't heard of that yet, so... <laughs> it's got tubes in it. <laughs> it's got tubes. Well, what about they this? They clogged. <laughs> the the cl- tubes are clogged. <laughs> they need a uh, a stint put in. <laughs> <laughs> So is there going to be like an internet roto router when the tubes get clogged? That's right. You call the guy when your when your connection's slow, and he comes in, and he just he just uh, snakes through your uh... runs a snake through the wires. <laughs> right. So what about this from a perspective though? How about obviously there's probably going to be five or six people throwing their hat in the ring, and then of course they're going to go through primaries, blah blah blah. But I mean, the, the biggest fear that some of the hardcore liberal Democrats that I know. Are, are saying is that, you know, you'll get a guy like uh, Lieberman from uh, Connecticut or whatever, and, you know, so it'll be kind of like Hillary, let's say it's Hillary, Obama, and Clinton, you know, so their fears are that the, the racist and or women-hating men and people that wouldn't vote for Hillary and Obama are going to cause a guy like Lieberman, who's basically a fascist, to win by default. So that's kind of a, a reverse Ross Perot situation. Yeah. Where yeah. the spoiler is, is going to be the major candidates. Yeah, that could happen. What do you think about that, Leo? Well, I, you mentioned Lieberman. Oddly enough, though, if you look at Lieberman, he has a consistently very liberal voting record. Um, Except on the least, war. Well. But liberals do vote for the say, war. You, so. you can say the same thing about Hillary Clinton, too. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's the thing. Um, at least Lieberman is honest about who and what he is and what he stands for. And um, and there's where I see the real problem with Hillary Clinton. 
Um, I have other problems about Hillary Clinton, too, which I could go on about, such as courting the evangelicals and sort of throwing us secularists under the bus, but... Um, well, you're you're really just upset that she's not throwing bones to the Satan worshippers and uh, right and, <laughs> and the uh, polygamists. Yeah, and the problem I have with Hillary is similar in that that she's she's pretty much anything that she wants her her constituents to think that she is. She's not who she is. She's not she's right. not basically honest. But she's a she's a she's a I don't know. She's a perfect politician in that way. The the thing for me is is always going to be my litmus test, and that's the whole uh, pro life issue. And I, and I hate to say it in front of you guys, but I am pro life, and I can't vote for anyone who isn't. So I'm not going to vote for either of them, but I can definitely listen to what they're saying. And and if one of them gets in office, I you know I'll look at the other issues too. So that's like the key voting issue for you. It's it's a litmus test for sure. I mean, if, I mean if, that's it. If there if there are three candidates and two of them are pro-choice, I'm going to vote for the pro-life one. Or or I will abstain entirely if I don't think that any of them are decent. What about if they're pro-life and pro-war? I don't think those are consistent statements. I would vote against that person. Well, uh, yeah, I don't think they're consistent statements either, but that would describe most Democrats, unfortunately. and I would abstain from voting for that office if I felt conflicted about that. So are there times when you haven't voted at all for a particular... Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. I will do that. How do you feel, John, about Hillary, who um, sort of takes a middle-of-the-road approach to that, who says that she wants to preserve choice, yet wants to work to minimize the number of abortions that are had in this country? Well, I don't think those are consistent statements either. The same way that you, you can say that no, because you can say that you're you're pro-war, but you know, pro-life. The thing is, if you're pro-life, you're pro-life, meaning the whole heart-beating thing. And uh, if she's saying that she wants to minimize abortions, but she doesn't like abortions, well, minimize it to zero. Work towards minimizing it to zero. Don't take the middle-of-the-road approach. I don't think that she's trying to minimize anything. I think she's trying to appease to everyone. So that's, that's the way I feel. And uh, she's, well, she's, she's not fooling me, is what I'm saying. <laughs> well, that's your opinion. You're certainly welcome to it. Um, and I'm going to impose but, it on anyone I can. <laughs> yes, uh, uh, but, um, you know, I mean, when it comes to abortions, it, you're basically talking about, uh, social welfare and a public health issue. And, um, the fact of the matter is that with abortions, it comes down to mainly, um, are they safe? Is it safe to, uh, have abortions and by making them illegal, People are still going to go out and seek abortions, but they'll just be going to back alley providers. Um, it, it. I, I'm sorry, I've really got to disagree with you on this one. I mean, this might it, be a whole other show because uh, well, we've, we've, be. we've drifted. Yeah, but my I'm, my rebuttal to that is whenever anyone says. You know, we have to keep abortion safe for who? The, as far as I'm concerned, the abortion is not safe for the child. So <laughs> you're not going to convince me there. Yeah, but that's the classic sticking your head in the sand thing. And the, the abortions aren't going away just because you don't like them. I mean, that's really what it boils down to. Well, I'm I'm not saying that they are, but I'm not going to condone it or I'm not going to pretend that um, – allowing them to happen is going to make them uh, be reduced in any such way. So do you vote along particular party affiliations or or would the abortion issue cause you to cross party lines? 
I would absolutely cross party lines if the abortion issue was was crossing the party line. So how can you vote? <laughs> because basically Republicans who would be pro-life, most of them supported the war, if not all of them. So it seems like that's you must have abstained from a lot of seats I did. in the last election. I did. In fact, I did. The only time that I can vote, I can vote for someone who is pro-life is if they will have no effect on that, meaning if they're not holding any if they're not going for any uh, federal or state office that would have any effect on the issue. Okay, time to change the subject. Okay. So, Leo, who, in addition to Obama and Hillary, who have officially thrown their hats in, would you like to see throw their hat in the uh, the political uh, Democratic ring? Well, the one guy has al- already announced that he will not run, and that's Russ Feingold. Okay. And I don't know, did Al Gore um, come out and announce that he's not running? or Not yet. I haven't Not heard yet. I haven't heard anything from the Gorster. Yeah. I would like if both of them ran. Um other than that, I don't know. I, I just do not see a lot of strong Democrats. Well I hear the name Richardson being thrown around a lot. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I just don't know enough about the guy. Yeah, me either. And I, I think he's isn't he um of Hispanic descent? He might also have the, the same kind of stigma attached to him well we've they've elected latinos to some high office but he doesn't have like a crazy muslim name which a lot of people are afraid of with this whole arab scare yeah barack hussein obama which is like a triple threat right is that his name (laughs) that's his middle name is hussein no see i didn't know that i guess the guy that i would like to see throw my throw his hat in the ring well he could throw my hat in the ring too but he would have to steal my hat to do that and that would make him a criminal so you don't even wear a hat no but i have hats okay i have halloween costume hats and stuff like that you know more of a hood (laughs) no Bernie Sanders, he would be my choice for, uh, he's an independent, he is now senator in the great progressive state of Vermont, and uh, I guess he would be the guy that I would like to uh, throw his hat in the ring, but he just became senator, and he he has a a long way to go, probably before he would ever consider running for president, and he's probably not electable either. I don't know about that, though, Rich. I mean, I agree with you. I like Bernie Sanders a lot. Bernie rules. He does. And he's a socialist. <laughs> well, yeah, and that's probably why he wouldn't get elected because all of these... I don't know, though. I mean, he, he does politics the old-fashioned way. I mean, he goes out and... He buys votes? Has... Yeah, right. Uh, he goes out and he does these church suppers and um, meets his constituents one-on-one. And he has a way of framing his policy beliefs and... Um, well, he just is able to make it sound like good old-fashioned American populism, which is actually not that far off from socialism to begin with. Well, I, I definitely agree with you there. And who knows? Maybe someday he will, will throw his head into the ring. He's not getting any younger. Uh, the sooner the better, I guess, as far as that goes. Yeah, ultimately, I don't think anyone is electable if, if they lean too far to the left or too far to the right. I think that if you uh, if you stick to the middle of the road— most of the country is going to vote for you. But if you stick to well, the middle of the road, nothing gets done. Well, and well, as you can see what's going on with the country, though. Well, here's the way, here's the way I look at If you poll Americans consistently, they endorse very left-wing policies, what the media would report as left-wing anyway. Uh, pro-environment, pro-choice, sorry, John, strong social welfare programs, 
Right. When you ask these people these questions without prefacing prefacing it with, by tainting it by asking a leading question, an overwhelming majority of Americans support those things, and yet the people in office ignore them. Right. So, and this is that's a great tradition. Really, why I'm, this is really why I'm getting at why I say that um, I think both Hillary and Brock uh, make this mistake by trying to cater to the middle of the road. Because the middle of the road is not actually reflective of public opinion. Well, I would say Obama is a little bit more progressive than Hillary. Probably. Probably. Again, I Brock is new. I mean, do we I mean, we have no track record for him. All we have is really a bunch of rhetoric, so we don't really know where he stands. Well, and that's what the next two years will uh, will bring about, probably, if they do their jobs. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be doing much other than campaigning if, if he sticks with it till the very end. But, yeah, that, that, that's the other problem. Let's say that, that Barack Obama changed his name to John Smith and uh, bleached his skin and, and got changed rid of— Changed his name to Michael Jackson. Well, no, no, no. John Smith. Got to keep it Got to keep it even. But even if you wiped away all the objections that most people would look at uh, on its face, literally, um, nobody knows anything about him. Other well, than it's, how it's he's, a, he's a great speaker. That's about it. It's early. Yeah. So these things need to evolve or devolve as, as some in some cases. They're going to. And that's the one thing that you can probably count on right now is that there's going to be a huge mess of mudslinging going on because there's there's no, uh, as they say, heir apparent in the Republican Party. There's There's no major front runner that people are are all um pretty much saying is is the is the leader despite what people are saying about Hillary in the Democratic party so it's going to be a lot of mudslinging there's going to be some infighting within both parties well the republican be- party you'll be fun because the typical heir apparent would be the vice president but i think enough right. people are afraid of his heart his whole ticker situation where he doesn't have a chance but he's even said he's not he's not running he's not right. even interested in running right and i don't think that he's electable I don't think... I well, don't think for that and a bunch of other reasons. Yeah. yeah, McCain right now is the one that people are saying that is probably the most electable uh, on the Republican side. Um, I, I don't know what what people are thinking about Giuliani because there's not really a whole lot of record there for him other than him being the, the mayor of New York. It, there's not a whole lot of... Uh, I don't know. He, he doesn't have the appeal nationwide that I think that uh, someone like Hillary or, or Obama would even have. Yeah, but did anybody really know anything about Bill Clinton before he ran for president? That's true. He came out of nowhere. Yeah, well, yeah. two years is an awful long time to educate and or... Uh, un- the same for Howard Dean, really. Right. Two years is an awful long time to educate and or disinform people about you so that you can get elected. <laughs> right. Someone was saying, I heard on the radio yesterday, uh, that that they think that Everyone's going to be afraid of, of John McCain's health situation and the fact that he's 70. And I didn't realize he was that old. Well, he looks it. He has had some skin cancer issues right. uh, as well. Yeah, but the guy, you know, he went through torture camps. As far as I'm concerned, he's tough. No doubt about it. Yeah. He's, he's as tough as nails. So it'll be an interesting couple well, of years. How old was Reagan when he was elected? Well, he was he was pretty old, he was right? Pretty old, yeah. Yeah. He was, was older he, than, he was older than dust. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, age isn't uh, necessarily working against candidates. I think in many, in many ways, Americans want to see a seasoned, experienced, mature person in that seat. You know, they Clinton, of course, or Kennedy. You know, these guys were probably exceptions to the rule. 
Yeah, and, and Reagan was kind of like a father figure, you know, the all-knowing father figure. But I don't think that um, Hillary could be like a mother figure. <laughs> she just doesn't strike Somebody would put mothering. another word after the mother word if they were going to describe her, <laughs> yeah, that, I think, right. in a lot of cases. But, uh, well, that's cool. It'll be fun to see how this evolves. So um, let's roll into a tune. You want to roll into a tune? I'm rolling into a tune. Well, let's thank Leo also for uh, joining us today from uh, Scenic Cherry Valley. What's the name of the building you live in again, Leo? I, I think it's the Gilday building. Yeah, but what, well, how do you refer to it? You have that fancy way of referring oh, to it. Oh, oh, high atop the Gilday building in Metro Cherry Valley. Right. Well, <laughs> thanks for being on. We'll have you on again in the future. We're going to roll a tune, do a quick movie review, and then call it a day. How do you feel about that? Well, I feel good. Well, <laughs> thanks great. again. and I'll, <laughs> Well, uh, thanks for having me. Uh, you're always welcome, and we'll talk again. Okay. Had, I had fun. Cool. Bye. All right. You want to roll into a tune? Here it goes. All right, let's check it out.
cool. Who was that? That was Molly Pawkin, who is not singing but playing bass. And, and I can't remember. Kate, I think, is the, the woman's name. They have a sort of a small music record label called Sirens Music. I think it's, it's either sirensmusic.com or sirenmusic.com. But it's, it's obviously their music. They came in uh, to the studio I was working in in Ohio, and this sort of five-foot-nothing girl walks in with a bass, and another woman walks in, and they go, okay, that's the singer, that's the bass player. And I was just sort of like, Kirsten's going to hate me for this. But I was just sort of like, yeah, whatever, some five-foot-nothing. Which goes, she can never win major office. She, she's not destined to be an astronaut either. That's right. But I mean, you know, that was totally uh, just uh, sort of not being impressed. You I think know? Rich even asked her for a cup of coffee at one point. I did. And she came in and I was just like, okay, show it to me. And then she comes out and she starts thundering, thundering away on that bass. And I was like, wow, not only is she good, she's great. She's as good as, she's a world-class musician, Molly Pawkin. Unfreaking believable For a woman, she's not bad. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. You know, you got to give her that handicap, but what are you going to do? So we'll link to their site they got a lot of really cool tunes it took me a year to get permission to play that tune because i think i had been emailing her at the wrong email address and i finally got the right one and she was like oh yeah play it play it play it cool. it was it was part of this whole uh lawsuit rich has been stalking her for a year and she said okay i'll let you play this one tune just stay away no i haven't but anyway i did <laughs> okay. send a few emails that that one went unreplied so i saw a movie it made a lot of top 10 lists you probably heard of it a film called sherry baby i have not heard of this film. you've not heard of sherry no. baby it did make uh some top 10 lists it's a 2006 film Rated R, 96 minutes, directed by a woman named Lori Collier. She's probably not a good bass player either. (laughs) Or director. (laughs) Or filmmaker. And Sherry Baby stars Maggie Gyllenhaal. And the first thing I want to say to Hollywood is, geez, can you give somebody other than Gyllenhaal's all the good roles? I mean, for crying out loud, between her and her brother Jake, they're just like, you know, ruling the roost. Well, it's kind of like the Phoenix clan. Remember River Phoenix and Joaquin Phoenix? Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, and then there was also, uh, what was that other famous movie clan? There's a crazy girl who's very young now, and her grandfather was in It's a Wonderful Life. The Barrymores. <laughs> the Barrymores, yeah. And then there's... Um, the uh, Russells. The Russells? Kurt Russell. And- oh, the, the, those Russells. And then the Douglases. Yeah, Kirk Douglas. That's who I meant, yeah. Kirk Douglas and Michael Douglas, yeah. Yeah. They're out there. But now it's the Gyllenhaals, apparently, and they're both pretty talented. Well, you can never forget Macaulay Culkin and his brother. Right. Actually, no, I can. And up until you mentioned that I had forgotten them successfully, and now I'm going to have nightmares. Oh, come on. Anyway. He's so a, He's a master thespian. <laughs> I was I been listening to those Saturday Night Live tapes, and they've been talking about the Lovitz, and they were like talking about his acting genius master <laughs> thespian character. That's that's great. He's, he always killed me with that. There was, there was one, not to go too far off the topic, but there was one when... Uh, he was doing a sword fight, and I I think it was with um, what's his name, the guy who was in Third Rock, Kurt Russell. No, not not Kurt Russell. Who's the the, the older guy, the father guy, or the younger yeah, guys? the older guy that mm. um, you know who I'm talking. I about. I do. I can't think of his name though. Anyways, he they were doing this thing where they were both and thespians. there's a Jane Curtin, true uh, link there too, since she was one of the original players, and they were doing a sword fight or a duel, and Lovitz got killed. He died, and, he, and then he came back and said, no, I'm actually dead, but I was acting alive. Genius. <laughs> Genius. 
Oh, it's such an outrageous guy. One of my favorite guys, actually. So Sherry Baby, right? It's about a woman, of course, played by Maggie Gyllenhaal, who gets popped on some sort of drug possession thing, and she goes away to jail for a couple, two, three years. And the custody of her daughter, her child, is awarded to her brother and sister-in-law. So the film takes place with her getting out of jail, getting her clothing and the $80 or something that they give you, and they send you to a halfway house where you have to live for a certain amount of time. And, of course, sure. you have to keep reporting to your... Uh, what do they call him? Your um, parole officer. parole officer, and she's trying to get her life back together. She's genuinely making pretty big efforts to get her life back together because ultimately she wants to get legal custody of her daughter again. And throughout the film, she kind of gets on the wagon and off the wagon again, and she really struggles with uh, sobriety and drug use a little bit more. And She's actually having a great a great deal of trouble, and she goes to a few of the the twelve step groups, and you know, and tries to to get things going that way. And she ends up having a few um, questionable relationships, I guess you could say. But the one thing that it was very powerful in the film for me was we actually ultimately find out perhaps one of the reasons why things might have gone awry from uh, her in her life. Her daughter has her birthday, fifth or sixth birthday, and uh, the Maggie Gyllenhaal character goes there, and we find out about some of the dysfunction in the relationship between her and her father. And actually, something that happened at that birthday party triggered a relapse where she started uh, shooting up, I think, with heroin again, hmm. which, of course, is really bad, because if you want to get the custody of your child back, that's probably the wrong direction to go. Yeah, firing guns in public is probably another one. Yeah, that's generally not good. And the film ends, though, for me, on a very uplifting note because she does. She starts doing some very responsible things. Uh, she actually ends up getting to spend the day with her daughter. Her brother gives up basically custody of the child for that day, and she, she borrows a car from a friend. And a few things happen in the scene which kind of show us that she is beginning to take responsibility for her life and probably the life of her daughter again in a way that's believable. You know, everybody when they get out of jail says things like, yeah, I'm not going to, you know, use, I'm not going to drink, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do that. But it's, it's, a, it's a struggle with these addictions. Sure. Especially when you get back out on the street, you have, like, no money, you're living in this halfway house. There's all sorts of conflicts with the people in this house as well, like she had. But, the, yeah, like I said, the one of the more uplifting things was at the very end. There's a few things you see where it's clear that I think she's finally going to start taking responsibility for her life and her daughter's and what might even get to that point where she can uh, regain custody of, uh, of her child. Would it be giving too much away to, uh, to find out what might be the cause of this dysfunction? It's a pretty small... Uh, moment in the film but it's a huge moment in her life you know it's like one small step for man one giant leap for mankind i actually don't want to tell you what okay. happened at that party because tell me it's, off air it, well if, if you want me to ruin it i will sure but you know that's cool but yeah i thought this was a, a really nice piece of work i really enjoyed this maggie gyllenhaal's phenomenal she's a really really talented actress and it's definitely one worth seeing and um, you should probably put it in your queue. I'm definitely putting it in my queue. And, and I've gotten a few movies off of my queue. We'll probably talk about that next time. Um, I've seen a bunch of films, including one that I've been wanting to see for a long, long time. What? Hus Hustle and Flow. Oh, cool. Yeah, Did you watch um, Murder Ball yet? No, not yet. I've got oh, yeah, yeah. that and Nine Lives still yet to watch. Yeah, because I want to talk about those. I thought those were great. Okay, I'll watch those for next time, too. Well, anyway, I think that's a shoe, man. A shoe. Cool. <laughs> You've been listening to another episode of Bloodthirsty Vegetarians. Tune in next time. Same bad time, same bad channel. Yep, check out our website, www.bloodyveg.com. Leave us some feedback to feedback at bloodyveg.com. 
and uh, spout off on the forum about anything you want. BloodyVeg.com slash forum. Something else we haven't gotten in a while would be cool to get some audio feedback. So if some of you want to record a little MP3 and email it to us, we'd like to get that on the air. True. Constructive criticism, destructive criticism, we don't care. Yeah, just don't uh, record vomit and play it. No, that would put John in a really weird place. But anyway, good seeing you. We'll see you again. And remember, you've been listening to The Vib, the VIB, 